Welcome back to the Wide Open Podcast. Wide Open Podcast is the place to get all of your information on everything West Coast Racing and everything District 37. I'm your host, Brian Asif, and yes, it's been a while. We've been on a hiatus. Um, when I'm not uh, doing the Wide Open Podcast or, or doing my other job that actually pays money, I do a couple of things for districts, so it's been a little busy. Um, but now we're back to racing, and so it's time for us to get back to doing podcasts on a regular basis. I've been hearing from a bunch of people that uh, they're tired of hearing just me talk, so we are blessed tonight to have a couple of guests. Uh, tonight with us, we have uh, Pervine's Yamaha Racing Justin Seeds joining us, along with Nick Garvin and Scott Perkins. <laughs> so, while they take in the glory that is the Wide Open Podcast Studio, it gives me an opportunity to talk about some of our sponsors. Uh, we're going to touch on some sponsors that are that are huge sponsors of the awards banquet this year. They've donated a bunch of swag, so make sure you come to the awards banquet so you can get your fair share of all the stuff that we got going on there. Uh, first off, Kenda Tires. Kenda Tires is dropping a, a grip of tires that we're going to have there for some of the stuff for the for the uh, for the auction. Uh, Bell helmets. I think we've got seven or eight Bell helmets that we're going to have there. Flow Vision goggles. Flow Vision Goggles is not only a huge sponsor of the awards banquet, but they're also a huge sponsor of the of the Big Six, now the new NGPC series. Um, go see Nick. He's the man. The goggles are awesome. I dig them. I think I'm, I'm staring at six pairs of them that I got sitting right here. They're, they're the ones to wear. Uh, new new sponsor of District 37 uh, and the awards banquet, Race Day Motorsports. You want to reach out to Jeff at Race Day Motorsports. Um, I'll put all the info on the, uh, on the Instagram page. You can get a hold of him. He's right here in Lucerne. He carries tires. He's going to give us a grip of golden tires. Um, he's got golden tires, nitro mooses, and just about anything else that you need to outfit your bike to race it in the desert. Um, and he's got very reasonable prices. And if you're on your way to the desert or you're on your way back from the desert after a, after a desert race, you're racing in Johnson Valley, he'll meet you, hook up. You can get whatever it is you want. Um, and of course, uh, one a, a longtime huge sponsor of District 37, uh, Three Brothers KTM. Uh, as always, Three Brothers will be there with all kinds of all kinds of swag, uh, and and lots of cool stuff that we'll pick up from Three Brothers uh, to add to the stuff that we have for the for the auction. So, enough of the business stuff. <clears throat> it's been a busy. It's already been a busy three races of the of the beginning of the race season. Um, We'll touch on a couple of things, and then we're going to get right into to, to talking to Justin, the king of Atalanta for 2019. Um, for those of you that have been coming out, you, I'm sure you've already noticed, numbers are up. Whatever it is we're doing in District 37 seems to be working. Three races in, the Hilltopper Sprint Enduro, brand new, brand new race series, pulled 280 entries. We've been hovering around 200 for most of the races that we do that are non-GP races. For them to pull 280 entries at, a, at the opening round of a brand new series that no one has ever raced speaks volumes to what it is that's happening in District 37. I only expect those numbers to go up when we get to the next round, Los Coyotes, in March. Then we roll on to Atalanta. Just under 2,200 entries, which is up from what it was last year. And it, I mean, the from all the feedback that I got from all the riders that were there, the course was, you know, we made a few course changes to kind of change things up. Everybody seemed to really enjoy it, um, change what we did in the infield so that everybody could ride through it. And it seemed to be something that everybody everybody really dug. 
And then we rolled on to the first desert race of the year, DMC, 350 entries combining adult entries and youth entries. I think there were somewhere around 75 youth entries for the first desert race, which is huge. We've been trying trying and trying and trying to get to that 100, 100 rider mark for the youth races, and I think this is the year that we're finally going to get there. So a huge thanks to all of the riders that have been coming out. Keep coming. We're listening to what it is you want and trying to make these races what you want. So enough of listening to me. Let's move on to Justin. Justin, thanks for coming to the Wide Open Podcast. Yeah, appreciate you having me. So, I mean, it started. I mean, you came out swinging this year. It was awesome to watch that race. I mean, it's it's clear. I mean, that you've been you're doing something different than you were doing last year. Did you change your training program? Is it the bike? Is it both? Um, I think it's honestly it's everything. Um, you know, new team, new outlook to kind of racing and the bike. You know, is is amazing. You know, I was riding cowies for nine years or something so i don't think i knew any other bike you know besides riding a honda before that so um the yamaha definitely works with my riding style and i feel super comfortable on it um the team everybody in the team is is basically like already like family you know and it's only been you know maybe two months now or so since i've you know been on there and it's it's super comfortable to be on hang out with the guys they're all positive they're all there to to motivate you if you need something they're right there um there's no you know negative side of things you know it's you go out there you do your job and they're going to be there to pump you up and and make sure you go out they don't put pressure on your on your shoulders because you know i don't think i really had pressure last year but i did take it a little little different i think is because the way the team was set up on you know the chaparral precision concepts team sure um and it kind of affected me you know where this year with you know ron purvines you know picking me up and being like the boss man and and the way the sponsors work with them or the way they run their team it it kind of makes it a little different um your outlook at the races or when you show up to the races is completely different than being on the other team where it's a little more strict and there's more, I don't know. I know it's really hard to describe how it is, but it just, it just feels different to me. They might, Um, they might approach their riders from a desert perspective. Yeah. I think, yeah, because you know, the Pervines racing team is primarily desert racing. You know, they never really were into the GP scene, you know, so it's all kind of new to them. And I think that was, that's what makes it cool is, it's all fresh, fresh for me being on, you know, the team with those guys, fresh for them being into a different series. And I can go out there and do what I want. Um, you know, I have a smile on my face the whole time. I never worry about anything. And that helps me big time because I've, I'm a mental case. I mean, I basically, <laughs> I can show up to a race and think of something negative and it's going to screw me up the whole weekend. Um, I definitely changed that over, you know, our little break that we had from Havasu last year and yeah I also stepped up the training um, I've started to do that a little bit more before you know I'd get lazy and be like ah I'm naturally talented I'll be okay come to find out it doesn't really work that way you know it goes to a certain extent and then you actually need to be in shape to do stuff um, and obviously at Atalanto I was pretty beat at the end of the race even with stepping up my my game um, but Trevor was right there too. You know, we pushed the whole entire time. It was an hour and a half sprint of just everything that we had. And 
I'm super excited to come out with the win. Um, I knew I had a, you know, a possibility of winning the thing coming into it, but you never know what's going to happen. And when uh, when did you make the pass? I, um, I, you could throw a blanket over the two of you guys for the majority of that race, and I was all over the course, and I mean, you guys were right on top of each other for almost the entire thing, and then yeah. I got caught up doing something else, and then at the end of the race, I remember asking somebody, so who who wound up winning? And they're like, you know, Justin won. I'm like, I didn't even know where he made the pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I pretty much stayed, you know, pretty close, I think within like, say, 15 seconds the whole race of, of Trevor. I could always see where he was. I knew the first half of the track I was quicker than him, so I'd make up time. Then we'd hit that second half, and he'd pull back out. And then, you know, luckily he we pitted at the same time. I was afraid he was going to pit a lap later than me um, because four laps was pretty much all I could get. You know, the the Yamaha, like, F model, the tank's not as big as, like, the FX. So it's a little hard on fuel, especially a race. It's a little kind of sandy and, and more wide open, you know, and with my riding style, I burn a lot of fuel. And but luckily we pit at the same time. You know I had an excellent pit stop and we got out and I gained like five seconds or something just in the pit. Oh wow! And but unfortunately, when I came out to the stop sign, you know for safety reasons they they held me at the stop sign because there was another rider coming around. So I basically lost that time that I gained. But I knew that it it gave me an, more drive to go out there and catch sure. it. Sure. Um, I know I've always been faster than three quarters of the guys at the end of the race, you know, from like past races, just knowing that knowledge, um, it's where my strong suit is. So I said, all right, let's go and, and see what we could do. And I started reeling them in and yeah, I think it was a lap and a half to go. You know, I got right up behind him. And if I re- remember right, I think he got up a little high up on a burn and I was able to get, you know, some, some drive on him and, and get by. That's that's Fred, the uh, wide open podcast mascot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post pictures of Fred later. <laughs> He's probably calling me out on something. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was, I was in the right spot at the right time, and you know I made the pass work, and and we pretty much stayed right there the rest of the way. And you know I got to give it up to Trevor because there was there was one line that he could have taken to get back by me if he really wanted to, you know, to win the race and he didn't take it. I mean, he told me at the end, he didn't take it because I never took it behind him to make a pass. So it was cool to have super honest racing. You know, he never tried to clean me out. He never tried to get dirty. I've had some incidents, you know, past races with aggressive riding coming into the finish. And, you know, he probably could have done that, but as a professional rider, like he is, he didn't do that. And he, you know, took the second place, but it was, we had good racing. I mean, we went back and forth out in the off-road. I wish my GoPro didn't die, you know, <laughs> for that time, you know, because it would have made for some interesting kind of like video footage, but you know, all in all, it's just super exciting, but you know, I've kind of uh, almost kind of forget about that race and now I'm moving on to the next one because, you know, I got the red plate now and the points leader and That's I just got to, you know, first time having that red plate since it kind of came into the series so That's i want to awesome. keep it you yeah. know so i'm i'm excited to go into taft for round two and you know be right up there and have good racing and make it interesting yeah. race for the crowd you know because i know they loved it oh yeah scott speak up so, so i have a question so <laughs> so i met you know obviously i was there and and i watched the, i watched you and trevor and you guys were pretty tight the entire time 
Is that something that is in your head during that race, knowing that, okay, I'm keeping the pace, we're staying close, this is going to go eight laps, nine laps, whatever it ended up going, and you know that the last half hour is really the time you got to push? Are you thinking about saving your energy for that last half hour? You know, what's going through your head up until that point when you decide to make the pass? Because there's a lot that you got to give after that's over. Yeah, and honestly, the hardest part was at the beginning of the race. You know, Trevor was able to get out front, you know, with a few corners after the start. And I had to make a little bit of battle through a couple guys to get up there. And then had to try to close a gap on him because Trevor's super strong at the beginning of the races. We've all seen it where there's kind of my weak spot. I'm not that quick at the beginning. You know, I either pump up or or just not that comfortable with the track. Um, So I had to actually put more into it, I think, at the beginning of the race to make sure I stayed with him. He's got a super smooth and fast pace, and he doesn't seem to make mistakes. And it just flows so well that he just kind of slowly pulls away from you um so i i did put a lot of kind of effort there at the beginning to stay close enough because then i know at the end of the race i start to loosen up and i get more comfortable i know the track more i know my lines i know what i can hit faster because i pretty much try to stay the same line the whole race so i really get that knowledge of how the bike's going to handle it and like i said i was able to stay close and then after that pit i knew i was closer so I was like, well, let's just hold her pin more. Honestly, it almost bit me a couple times because, I mean, I hit a bump one time because, you know, keeping the same line, more people take that line. Every time you come around, there's a lot of guys on the track, and a couple of those holes or breaking bumps got bigger. I caught a couple, hand came off, thought I was going to clean out Trevor because I was coming in, I couldn't hit the brakes because my, my throttle hand was off, so I had no front brake, barely get to the rear brake, and, you know, somehow made the corner. But it was, it was really all about the beginning of the race, you know, being able to stay close. You stay close to the beginning, you can fight at the end. You know, last year, I never really, I mean, the last few races I did do that. I you know, started out front and dropped back, you know, second, third place, but I still was there. Before, I used to always be that weak, weak starter, and it's really hard to try to push and catch up to everybody when they've already pulled that gap because they're so much sure. quicker. So honestly, it's it's really just kind of going out the whole time and pushing. It's not really trying to save energy. It's just use, obviously you use everything that you have, but you gotta, you spread it out through the whole race, but it's also with your endurance, your training. If you're not doing it, you could go out and push for 30 minutes to stay right up there at front in front, but then the next hour of the race, you might burn through all your energy, and if you don't have a gap over everybody else, you're just gonna start dropping. Even though you pulled a gap in the first thirty, you gotta be, you know, physically fit to do it. So that's been my biggest thing to tell people is just make sure you put in your training and in anything. Yeah, Scott and I were training hard. Can you can tell from looking at us? I was just. <laughs> I mean, he was on the phone with me the other day talking about what he was, you know, going. He was going to go train in Wienerschnitzel or something. And I was like, I didn't know they had a gym there, but hey. You know. I was just outside the beginning of the track talking to him. I'm like, I, I got to go train. I mean, I guess picking up some chili cheese dogs is a workout on the arms, but I don't know how good it is in the core area. Just be careful. You and I talk all the time. I got dirt. You got dirt. Oh, you too got dirt. So, so SoCal made that. 
uh, made an effort to make some course changes this year. Uh, uh, both you and Nick raced the race that race. What what did you think about the course changes? Did you did you like them? Did you did we make it too tight? Did we slow it down too much? Or good one, you went. Mm-hmm. All right. I personally, I like the faster courses because that suits me as a desert racer. I don't want to say it like that, but I am a desert racer. Sure. But uh, the this year I kind of felt like it was a little more tight tighter than typical. The sand was perfect, dirt was great, but for me I was kind of. I go to Atlanta with in mind that we're going to be going fast. Now, I'm not saying the track wasn't like a fast pace race. You could make it fast, but it was a lot tighter than what we're accustomed, I think, to when we think of Atlanta. Right. I'm not going to say that I loved it, but I'm not going to say I disliked it. I just wasn't my favorite event as a course. The event's awesome. Just the course was not my favorite. The desert part or the... Or- the desert part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the infield, the infield, the motocross, that's cool. I think it's really cool. Well, yeah, you took some close-up samples at the infield part. <laughs> hey, man, I saw a video of, of this guy launching it, and I'm like, oh, wait, I can do that. I went a little too crazy on that, and I just, yeah, anyways. Well, I saw the video, too, and yours, you jumped just a tad farther than Mr. Seeds was jumping, so uh, that, that may have been why. Yeah, we... Yeah, while we're talking about that course, um, we got to give a huge shout out to Cody. Uh, give him a follow at uh, on Instagram at mx seven oh seven. For a number of years, I mean, we 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 always seem to be struggling with with trying to figure out who's going to build the course, and we and I mean that's a huge event. It brings a lot of people and it brings a lot of attention. So you know, it's you know for the club every year. From the second that we get done with the race and we start, I mean, we have meet, we start having meetings like the the month that we're done with the race about the following race. And, and I don't think we've had one year that we've put on that race where we haven't had to, you know, be super conscious of people trying to steal that event from us and everybody trying to horn in to try and, you know, get some attention to themselves about that race. And it's, it's difficult at times, you know, and you try to get, try to get people in there. I mean, Look, we're we're in a club where, you know, a lot of us are construction workers and stuff like that. But we race dirt bikes, but none of us build courses. We know how to operate equipment, I, mean, I guess, kind of. But, you know, we're not course builders. And so trying to find a, a reliable course builder, you know, has been difficult, you know, over the years. And I don't know, maybe some of it was us and, you know, and working on the relationship with whoever whoever we were dealing with. Maybe it just didn't click. I'm not sure. What I can say is that this year, you know, with... You know, with Cody, I mean, they came out, built a, he built a great course. He did everything he said he was going to do. Um, it was, it was awesome. Uh, you know, we, we try and the club tries to take on, I keep saying we, for those of you who don't know, I'm in, I'm in SoCal. Um, so we try and take on the responsibility of cleaning up the, the desert section. And we, you know, we have, we got three operators and we try and clean it up with the, with skip loaders. And we've learned that, we can clean up most of the ruts, but we can't take the rollers out, and I think that's what we need to be doing is clean is get trying to get as much of the rollers out as we can, not for the not for the pro guys. I mean, yeah. I, I've talked to Trevor. I asked Trevor what he thought, and he's like, "The harder the better. It, it suits me." Um, but we all know that you know we put on that race, and let's say we get forty pros. Well, we had twenty two hundred entries, so that means that there were. You know, twenty one hundred other riders that aren't pro guys that your, are your blue collar guys. Are yeah, there, and that's that are coming back and going, holy shit, the the rollers were killing me. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, I think what we're gonna do for next year is we're gonna 
we're gonna rent a couple of dozers. And I and I went on YouTube and I watched a video, so now I know how to operate a dozer. Oh, you're certified. <laughs> oh now. yeah, I am at 100%. <laughs> so, but I think we're gonna get a couple of dozers so we can we can blade the course Friday and Saturday night. That's not gonna say that it's gonna be perfect, but it'll be better than it was. You know, with us trying to clean it up with skip loaders to try and make it a better experience for for all of the other riders. I mean, I mean, they drive all the way to Atlanta from. Yeah, I mean, we've had riders come from as far. We've had riders come from as far as Tennessee and Hawaii to come race that race. Yeah. I mean, it's the Atlanta Grand Prix. It's, it is the biggest race west of the Mississippi. Yeah. And they come. They, they make a commitment to come. They spend a lot of money to race that race, and we're very conscious of that. So we try and make sure that we put on the best event possible that we can for everybody that comes. And, and then on top of that, I mean, it's look, that's the first big race of the year, every year. Yep. And I, based on a lot of conversations that we had, it looks like, there's a strong possibility that we can work out our conflicts with works so that we don't have any race conflicts. So every heavy hitter that's racing off-road is going to be at that race next year. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we're putting on the best show that we possibly can because I know you know you guys are out there racing for money. It's your paycheck. That's how you make your living. Yeah. And so we want to make sure we can do the absolute you know best that we can to help you guys go out there and have and you know have good clean racing, put on a good show for the fans. Uh, I mean, and and when I say fans, I'm not just talking about the people sitting in the stands. It's every one of us that races a dirt bike hangs around to watch that race because we're invested in you guys. You know, so you know, I mean, you coming over here to be on the podcast, it's it's awesome because we're we're invested in you. We we it's you're a guy that we see at every race, yeah. you know, and it's one of the one of the things that I love the most about about big six racing and district racing is that the pros that race in, in these races are so approachable for everybody. And Nick, I'm sure, I'm sure you know this with all the kids that you work with, that you train. I mean, all the pros are so accessible. I mean, I, I see on the Instagram, a lot of the kids that you train and you know, they, they're always posting pictures of, of the different pros that they're taking pictures with because they can just walk up and talk to, talk to them. You know, I mean, you're right there. Someone can walk up and talk to you. Trevor's right there. They can walk up and talk to him. If Ricky's at a race, they can just walk up and talk to him. And that's the beauty of, of what District 37 has is that we've got, without a doubt, the fastest guys racing and off-road are racing District 37, but they get where they came from. Yeah. You know, and that's, totally. that's one of the things that's so cool about District 37, for me anyway. I mean, I'm like the big District 37 well, cheerleader. I, I, think that, I think that's what makes District 37 and all of the disciplines inside of that what people want to do is they're all they're all family oriented friend oriented you know everybody's so you know at the at the gps everybody's parked together i mean you you are almost forced to meet somebody new when you go there and and i think a lot of people have made friendships through that i think desert's kind of the same way although they kind of spread out a little bit but um i think that's what makes it different than most everything else and that's why people like doing it. That's why it's continuing to grow. I mean, you watch the Supercross stuff on TV, and man, those guys. And we've got a few guys that have raised Supercross, and sure. they've made comments about, you know, yeah, yeah, nobody wants to talk to us. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know what to do here because these guys all talk to each other. And if I need a lever, I just ask, and they yeah. give it to you. And yeah. They're almost caught off guard, and I think... I think that grassroots type of racing is is what we want to continue on a path to do, and you know, along with getting all of the entities in the, on the West Coast to work together, so we can, you know, make this thing grow and and you know have it benefit everybody. Yeah, I mean, 
I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, to just to kind of elaborate on what it is you're saying right there. I mean, it's it's so busy at the beginning of the year. I mean, sitting in the seat that I sit in with everything that's happening within District 37, and you know, we've got you know multiple race series that we're trying to create within District to to get riders coming in, and 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 just it's you know you got the awards banquet coming up, the beginning of this the beginning of the race season. Everybody's trying to buy cards. You know, everybody everybody's got something that I wouldn't say it's an issue, but everybody. Everybody wants to. Everybody's got a question. Everybody wants to talk to you about it, and, and I love it. That's what my job is, you know. And I and and I'm here. I'm here for that. But it becomes, it becomes, you know, overwhelming to a certain extent. And then the the biggest thing that we get is, you know, like the biggest question that I get is something that's completely out of my control. And I'm sure, and, and I know that you get this question a lot too, Scott. Is why can't we work out our differences with works? And and we've had this conversation before. I've I've mentioned it before. You know, it's it. Look, we've we've attempted to in the past, and it just for whatever reason it just didn't work out. But we've tried. We understand that we've got a lot of riders that, that want to race both the series. We've got district guys that want to race works, and we've got works guys that want to race district. But if you're going to commit to to one of the series, you can't if you've got conflicts because you know we don't have any throwaways. So you're you're deciding what series you're going to race, and. It is without a doubt the number one question that I get from people when they, you know, asking why can't you guys work it out, and it, it seems like there's been some headway made there. I mean, I know that you know I've had a conversation with Randy Perry, the new owner of Works. I know that uh, I know Justin has had a, Justin Schultz has had a conversation, so we're having conversations on both sides, and Works is open to having the com- having the conversation of us trying to find a way to work out our schedules, which benefits everybody. It benefits the guys that are racing for money because now there are two series that pay good money. You can make a living and race both those series and chase two championships. And we've got guys, I mean, perfect example of a guy, Phil Means. Okay, Phil Means is a works guy, and he's he's been a works guy for a long time. He started racing district. And Phil Means will go, when we've got conflicts between works and district, Phil will go race the works race, hop in his truck, and drive to the to the district race. He'll race them both. I mean, the guy's an animal. I, I have a story after that. Yeah, no, go ahead. Right, so I obviously I train kids, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so I train Jet Lessing. He's a, you know, he's a works kid. He's a, you see him at everything, really. SRA, district, I mean, you know, he's at all these off-road events. And to be honest, he never raced off-road until I... And then dude told Jason, dude, go race off road. You guys will have way more fun. You know, back back to the whole family thing. Mm-hmm. But Jet rode unclassified Friday at uh, Atalanto. Jason and Jet took off while Kim and Grandpa stayed at Atalanto. Jet races nine a.m. race. I think his his youth race was at, at Works. Drove, made it 15 minutes back before his race started at Atalanta this same day. Raced with, his, I remember his, he rode right up to the starting line and they were just about ready to get going. And I'm like, no wow. way, he just pulled that off. Jeez, Jason said he drove 100 miles an hour from state line to the exit of Atalanta and made it in an hour and 35 minutes from state Whoa. line to Atalanta. <laughs> That's why I'm like, how did you do that? Like, but back to that works in you know big yeah. six you have guys that that do that. It's a real story like these kids are people are doing this because they're so conflicted and i had a major conversation with bob bell the other day and it hurts it hurts businesses too like he said he's like i don't i don't want to choose a side I, you know i i follow where my son goes yes because that's where our team is going 
but I'd rather be at both the races. He like we it was like a thirty minute conversation about how you know his racers are at both races and he's he's caught in between. But you know Diane shows up on Saturday, which I thought was awesome. So yeah. she's there Saturday. Bob's at at works, and it's like okay, so you got two of the they're 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 trying to make it happen at both series, you know. So yeah, I mean, so just I mean, I guess the reason I bring it up, we all have those stories, we hear them. You know, and I, I bring it up just so that anybody that's listening and has asked that question or asked or maybe they haven't asked it of us, but they wonder to themselves, you know, why can't you guys get your shit figured out? We're working on it. Okay. And it sounds like we've got some open lines of communication to, to make that happen. And it benefit it just benefits the, the sport. Um and, and it's not I mean, we've got with Grand Prix racing, you know, between between and between NGPC, I got to keep looking at Scott's. I'm, I'm not so, the only one who doesn't have a problem saying. I am so confused NGPC. with it. You know. So between Big Six, NGPC, and Works, they're the two largest racing organizations. You know, for Grand Prix style racing, it's the largest thing going on on the West Coast. Totally. The second largest thing we got going on, on the West Coast are the Sprint Enduros. I mean, they're they're the popularity of that particular brand of racing. Is just growing like wildfire, and we're both and both works and district are doing that same type of thing. So, that conversation that we had about trying to work out our schedules was not just for the Grand Prix, but but for everything. And and since the the Sprint Enduro Series and the Sprint Hero Series are both AMA series, we we can't be on the same dates. And we kind of had a conversation about that to make sure that we were we we made sure that we understood that we were all working that out, but we've got riders that want to race. They would like to race that series and our, and our series. And, and we want to make sure that we can accommodate all the riders. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, when you look at that sprint hero and sprint enduro series, what they do is a little different than what we do. Yeah. So, um, our, ours is more, more desert formatted than, than what they're doing. Theirs is a little, a little more GP formatted for the, for the timed event. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean you no, guys right. you raced it. Did yeah. you, you did you did you race the first sprint? Uh, you raced the sprint enduro. Yeah, I went to the sprint hero just to kind of mm-hmm. hang out, see everybody cuz obviously I'm not chasing the works racing. So, I wanted to go see some friends and everything, but I also wanted to see how that event went on because I knew I was going to go do the district sprint enduro. And you know, it was it was an eye opener when I went and did my first, you know, loop at the district race, and I was like, holy crap, because I saw what they did, right? you know, and they have their moto test, and they go to do their enduro test, they call it, but even seeing videos of their enduro test, it's not, it's more, I mean, obviously, it was yeah, Glen Helen, which a lot of people, pretty much everybody loves Glen Helen, um, but it was more single track, you know, not super technical, they had a couple of technical sp- like spots, but... When you went to, you know, the Sprint Enduro at 29 Palms, that was like, holy crap. Like, you didn't really know where you were going the first. Like, when we first went out and pretty much broke the trail, because, I mean, you're riding through rocks and yeah. stuff. But it really opens your up your eyes, you know. And for me as a GP guy slash, like, moto guy. Track princess. You know, yeah, track princess, <laughs> you know. You know, it's, you know, high maintenance. I mean, we keep going on for different names I have for myself. But <laughs> when I went out there and had to ride through all these rocks... I was, it was, like I said, I was like, holy crap, like, what do I do? Like, where am I going? Like, and I'm not a rock guy. I can't stand rocks, but I enjoyed myself. You know, it was definitely a good time. And 
you know, I'm not saying I want to enjoy myself with the, the Sprint Hero, but it was just a lot yeah, they're different. Just different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you get a variety of different things. I think it, it goes the same way with those two series, and then also with Works and, you know, NGPC. I'm yeah. never going to remember that. It's because I'm wearing <laughs> the hat. You guys yeah, know. Because, you know, yeah. Hat. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to call it Big Six. It's easy to see but, that. Uh, you know, you get the variety of stuff. So it's like, you know, if we could all, if everything worked out in like a perfect world where we could always race each series or each event, we would get something different out of it. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so much fun. You know, the fact that nothing's the same. You get a different variety with whatever you race. And that's why I hope that they can, everything works out, which I have been hearing positive things about it, you know, talk, or having meetings and possibly getting over the, the con- conflicts of the series mashing together. But I would love to do everything. Yeah. And I love racing I mean, and having fun. So. Even with the Grand Prix, what we do is a little different than what works does. Yep. You know, so. But that's, but that's what makes people want sure, to go to sure. both, right? And, and I think sometimes we forget just really how lucky we are, right? Because we live, you know, most of us live in California. We have people that come from Utah and Arizona and stuff too. But you know, we have a lot going on here, right? There's District 37, which inside of that has, you know, Big Six and then the NGPC. And then you've got California Scrambles. You've got the new Sprint Enduro Series. Then outside of that, you've got the National Hare and Hound Association. They're putting on races inside a district. You've got Works. You've got their Sprint Hero Enduro Series. And then you've got SRA. You've got REM if you just want to go do some motos at Glen Helen and it's close. I mean, there's so many different things for all of us to do that we forget sometimes how lucky we are. You know, and then, you know, back to the Sprint Enduro with you, Justin. You and I talked about it after. You know, you, you'd never done that. Rocks weren't your favorite thing and you ended up fifth yeah. and you ended up just in the money at fifth you got to take home some cash yep. oh. and then what it did to you <laughs> i think you finished right in front I of did. Nick. Did. <laughs> but but i think what it, what it did for you was what you told me was man when i went back and looked at times i realized that the two guys that finished in front of you axel pearson and nick person your teammates yeah you were only 16 seconds behind Nick, who was in third, yeah. and how much of a difference that was, and it got you to thinking about, okay, maybe I need to do a little more of this kind of riding just to just to gain that 16 seconds, and how excited you are about going to the next one, yeah. and those are the things that we're trying to do with what we're all doing with all of these series. Um, now that I look up at your thing, I forgot we have the youth racing series, and I, I missed that, <laughs> but... Um, you know that's you kind need, of. Do you need to look at everything? No, I didn't even see that. Trust me, it was the first thing I saw when I walked oh, in. Sure. Uh, for you guys that aren't in the room and obviously can't see it because we're not live, and maybe we'll do that at some point. But he's got a banner on the wall that's got <laughs> wide open podcast logo, and it's got the U Series Dixon Thirty Seven, Big Six Sprint Enduro, uh, AMA California Scrambles, uh, National Hair and Out Association. Then he's got Heat Wave Visual. Um, and uh, shreddy but the the most damning effect of that whole entire thing is right in front of me this whole time is a hashtag beat Perkins so I'm having to stare at that thing for this entire I can, I can put the hat on if you want <laughs> I've seen the hat and I've seen everybody else you've given hats to right. yeah, I got uh, a sticker back there you might be able to put it on or a piece of gum I think I, I think 
you know, the effect that it had on you is kind of what we're all looking for is, is that excitement about something new and going and participating in that and helping that grow because, you know, we all need to start working together. And when you have that many entities putting on races, there's only so many race dates. Sure. And, you know, we all, we all want to have, you know, our piece of the pie. And I, I think, I think we can do that. And, you know, there has been a couple phone call discussions and, I think you guys will see, you know, shortly that, you know, there there won't be any conflicts for 2020, and I'm confident that that's going to happen, and and I think we're all going to work together, and we got to we got to work together to build it for everyone, and it's not just the ridership, it's the people that support us. You know, we all have sponsors. Yeah, the absolutely. All, all the all the organizations have their own sponsors, and yeah, you know, we we want that to continue to grow. Yeah, so, and it helps them as a business side too. The fact of they can show up at both series like we were talking with bob bell you know it's like he's goes to the races obviously robbie bell his son is the team owner of the chaparral precision concepts kawasaki team so he's got to go there with the rig and stuff but he would love to do both because as him owner of precision concepts he's got guys at work he's got guys at big six you know i would love to have him there because i'm not that knowledgeable when it comes to like suspension you know, I can do little things, but having him there and be able to... All the, he's accessible. Yeah. And for, you for tell him one like little us. thing, yeah. and he's like, oh, let me do this, and boom, your bike works amazing. And yeah. to go back on like what we were talking about, the prepping of Adelanto, he, you could tell him something because the track did change from Saturday's afternoon race to Sunday's pro race, and he can fix it. Or, you know, because he can, might be able to see something, or you could tell him. But it stinks, like I said, when it conflicts. Because yeah. you can't talk to him in person. Like, yeah, I could call him on the phone, but then I'm going to be like, crap, what what screw do I turn? You yeah. know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, oh, I messed something up. Yeah. So not. it would be cool to, to work everything out. So yeah. Yeah. guys like that can be at, you know, as many races with their, you know, supported riders or just their customers sure yeah. to, to do I mean stuff. it's a it's a big deal. I mean think think about how we've started off this year, right? I mean the first race of two thousand nineteen was a sprint hero works a sprint hero series. Yeah. That thing happened, it started. The weekend after that was the District thirty seven Sprint Enduro series and that thing that thing was a hit. So and then we rolled out of that into Adelano and we had Adelano and Works on the same weekend, two and a half hours down a f- the 15 freeway from each other. They both had, you know, good outings and talk about money. I mean, in the pro side of it, between those two, I mean, there's there's $18,000 between the two, you know, every time they put on a race, 10 for Works, 10 or eight for, you know, the NGPC Big Six. There was eleven thousand yeah. for SoCal. I mean, yeah, you know, on 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 that yeah. weekend, for, <clears throat> over twenty thousand dollars in purse money right. between those two races. It's a lot of money, and it's 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 a lot of reasons why, you know, we have to, you know, work that out. And again, I mean, Justin, I just talked to him a little bit ago, and he's he had another discussion with Randy today. So good. Um, you know, it's 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 in the process, and I think we'll all see something sooner than than later. And, and this weekend, I mean, again, well, I mean, we'll, so we'll just finish it, right? So then Works and us at Adelano, 
the following weekend was the National Hare and Hound Association and Desert MCs District 37. Right. I mean, that thing, they had, what, 350, I think? Yeah. Is what we yeah. said between and adults there, and kids. I think it's and, down. I mean, how many weekends in a row have we just yeah. been rolling, and here we are again, and works is at Glen Helen this weekend? Yeah. And, and there's more racing going on, and, you know, for, for once, they're going to experience a prairie dog. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a lot And maybe for maybe for prairie dogs, they won't have any rain because it, with the works this year. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there's just there's just so there's so many reasons not to. And, and you know, yeah, Brian, you and I talk about it almost every day. It's 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 something we all work on, and and I think we're all kind of moving in the same direction. Yeah. Oh, I mean, works it gives me two vet classes to chase next year. <laughs> step down from the pro class and go ride vet. Yeah, I know a lot of vets that aren't going to be happy about that. Speaking of the vet class, there was 34 dudes lined up on the A line at, at Atlanta. On the on the A line or double A line? Do, well, for all together. Oh, it's yeah. like saying that was I've never. I mean, that was a huge line for big six i was and there's some fast guys that are vets oh yeah fast dudes i mean yeah it's insane it's it really was i was genuinely surprised how about how many bet that that has got to be the big one of the biggest races of the weekend it's yeah it's fun to watch i mean there's it's there's just ridiculous talent that comes out yeah well look at that gordon wart man that dude's 52 years old i know i know And I know, he, rocking three he, number one plates. Yeah, well, I mean, for yeah, yeah, for last year, from the last year. And Mark yeah, Kelly yeah, is right. no slouch, man. Yeah, I, mean, I watched the two of them go at it again at SRA on Sunday, but man, it's just you know, there's there's some rock star talent there. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So hey, let's roll into this uh, the sprint enduro stuff. So. I mean, we've been pimping the, this new sprint enduro series for District Thirty Seven for an entire year. I mean that that group. You know, when I got to, one of the things that when I got was running for president of District 37 was we were going to try and, you know, breathe some new life into some of the things we were doing. And and one of the things was, you know, a, a new series, a Sprint Enduro series. And as much as I would like to take 100% credit for it, it, it wasn't all me. I was prodded heavily by Eric Jones from the Lost Coyotes. And so uh, Eric and I worked together. We had the, I mean, that first meeting was a... Uh, well, it was about a year ago when we started talking about what we thought that series could be. And we've had uh, probably a couple meetings a month from that time until we had put on the first race. And a, a, a group started to develop of clubs that were going to host those events. Uh, people started, you know, joining the group, you know, different people that were interested in the series from different clubs that were going to host those events. And and it was a true grassroots series that started to started to grow. And we didn't know what, what really what to expect. We had, I mean, we had a lot of high hopes for what we thought that thing would be. And then we rolled into Hilltoppers uh, in 29 Palms, crossing our fingers, hoping that all of the feedback that we were getting was actually going to pay off. And, and it did. You know, 200 and, 280 entries, uh, it eclipses, you know, the numbers that we were getting for the average district race. So it was 280 you had 280 entries plus, you know, including 17 pros that came out to race that race with a bunch of different, you know, factory teams that were represented at that thing, guys coming out to see what was actually going to happen there. 
know, Justin raced that race. Nick was there. Um, we had the JCR team out there. Tre- Trevor was there. I think I think Trevor actually won the event. Uh, Zach Bell was out there as well. Uh, you know, so you've got some big names that came out from some big teams to see what it is that we're doing. Add to that did just a ton of district guys that came out to that race to see what was going on with it. And then a lot of guys that weren't district guys. You had you had enduro guys that were looking for an enduro series to come out and race. And they came out to see what it was that we were doing. And and I and I look at that first race, uh, the Hilltoppers Sprint Enduro, like the first Atalanta Grand Prix that that uh, that SoCal put on. You weren't too sure what to expect, so you showed up just to see what it was, and it wound up being a hit. So then all those guys that raced that race went back and told all their buddies, "Man, you freaking missed a race." And then everybody else came to the next one. That's why I fully expect the Los Coyotes race. To be to have you know bigger numbers and be a much you know a much better event. I shouldn't say better, just a bigger event, because I thought Hilltoppers did a great job with that race. I was a little skeptical. I, I they talked about putting on a race at Twenty Nine Palms and they weren't going to use anything any of the GP course. And I was thinking to myself, how in the hell is this going to work? And so we went out there to go see what the what the property looked like. And in five minutes of riding around out there, you know eight months ago it was obvious that they would be able to put on a really a really good race so a couple of guys um you know chris deans being one of them spent a lot of time cutting in a, a, a course out there that traversed up and down the hills behind where the where the traditional grand prix course is and it wound up to be something that was extremely challenging you know i i mean i'll be honest with you i was freaking whooped at the end of that race and i only rode I don't even think I rode 40 miles and I couldn't even raise my arms. Yeah, it was just, it, I mean, it, it just worked you. And I, and I loved every single minute of it. It was freaking awesome. Um, but we did get some feedback on it, you know, and that's exactly what we wanted. We started that race when we had the riders meeting, telling all the riders from the get-go that, hey, we think we've got it figured out, but we know that we missed something. And we, we don't know what we missed until we get the feedback from the riders. And... You know, you had to wait a little too long to to do your loops, and it was clear that you know the format that we were following was was similar to what Los Coyotes had done a couple of years ago, where they had an A B loop and a C D loop, but they had a little more mileage to work with, so it was a little easier for them because their race was in the desert and they had more mileage. But it was clear that what we needed needed to do was something a little more along the lines of what UMC had done with their race last year, where you had. You had a spec for those of you that aren't aren't familiar with the that sprint enduro format or an enduro format. You're timed on particular sections, and those sections are called specials. And sometimes, if in some races you'll have a special, and then you'll have a transfer section that takes you to another special. So. <clears throat> So I showed it to you, not expecting you'd stop talking. <laughs> I sorry, I got distracted. So. It was clear that what we needed to do or what we needed to incorporate into those races based on feedback that we got from the riders was that the races from this point on need to have a special, a transfer, and then a special, another special. So you'll have the A-B riders riding on one section of the course where they will have anywhere between a, a five and eight mile special test that they're timed on. Then they'll ride a transfer section and go to another special test. So they won't be riding the same one eight times. They'll be riding two separate ones four times or whatever whatever it is that the club deems to to achieve 
a particular amount of mileage. And that's based on the feedback that we got from the ridership. And that's, we asked for the feedback at the very beginning. Um, and a lot of times you say, hey, tell us what you like, what you don't like, and then we just keep doing whatever we want to do anyway. We want to make sure that everybody knows that we get the feedback and we're making those changes. And when we roll into Los Coyotes, which is an ISDE qualifier, so it's going to bring it's going to bring a lot of heavy hitters to that race who are trying to qualify for ISDE. We want to make sure that that race is as close to what those races are supposed to be as it can possibly be. And we're going to ask again for feedback at that particular round and make the necessary changes rolling into the following one. So you guys both raced it. And, you know, you know I know, you know, Justin, you're saying, you know, rocks aren't your thing. Yeah. You know, so this was totally new to you. I mean, yeah, what did, yeah. so what were, what was your, what were your thoughts on it? Well, first thing was there was no jumps. You know, <laughs> being a track fairy, it's like, I love having some jumps or something, you know? Um, but honestly, I was I was stoked on what it was, you know. Like I said, I really did had no idea what to go in or to look forward to when I went into it. You know, I that's kind of why I went to the the Sprint Hero to get an idea of what it might be or a format that they might use or something. And when I went in and, and was told they're not using any moto, no GP course, and it's just you got to ride up here and you'll start back behind the mountain. I'm like, okay, and I start riding down you know, part of the GP course to get to the start. And I'm like, oh, crap, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and, you know, we take off. And, I mean, I was maybe right at the end of, like, the top ten guys to start. And because I was like, I got to have somebody, some people break in the course because I didn't know where I was going. I didn't get to walk it or anything because I wasn't smart to go out there the day before and walk it. Um, and I still went out there and still had no idea where I was going when you hit certain spots because I don't know how to read, you know, ribbon and stuff like that. I'm like, I've never done a heron hound, never done a desert. So going out there and, and for my first time being like, whoa, what, what is this? Like, but I got off, you know, after I finished and I was like, that was actually fun. Like I enjoyed myself and I went back out, did my second loop. You know, the track started to break in a little bit more, you know, enjoyed myself again. And I think by the time I got to probably like my fifth and sixth loop, I had a smile on my face. I think the whole time I was going around because you you started to know the track. It was breaking in a little bit, so there was lines. You could figure out where you're going. Um, honestly, I think I could have you know done better after riding it, um, but I didn't really want to push myself. I didn't want to blow the bike apart. You know, my teammate Axel. I mean, he blew a radiator out ripped a foot peg off <laughs> wow really you know certain things like that you know nick i know he had a couple crashes i don't think he messed up the bike but you know he had a couple crashes and i'm like do i really want to go and you know hurt myself or mess up you know the bike when i have the series that i'm chasing you know with um atalanto coming up i was like ah, i'm just gonna play it safe and i think i wrote it smart and you know like i said came out with fifth made some money was not too far behind nick in third and i was like all right but it gave me that that fight to want to go to the next one now and and keep going and see what I can do. You know, because each one's going to obviously be different. It's different locations, different people putting it on. So you never know what you're going to do. Sure. Um, I think one thing I would have probably enjoyed is if there was two different tests. I think if we could have done the, what was it considered, the CD loop that those guys were doing because it looked like it was a little faster pace, mm -hmm. not so technical to give us like a faster little like 
little course to do and then move over and do the more technical one. So then you can break it up. Right. Um, and then it possibly could break up the riders too, you know, that were on the, that we yeah. were all going against. It might, it might help separate it out. Um, but for this first one, I think it was actually really good. Um, like it was just a couple things, you know, when you, when you catch slower guys, it, it did make it hard to pass with being as technical as it yeah, was. Some spots were pretty tight for passing. Yeah. Um, and like I said, me not being a rock guy, I don't know how to just bomb it through certain rocks. I've watched a couple of videos of Jake Augie hit stuff and I'm like, Whoa, like I think my, <laughs> like my jaw fell down and I was drooling, you know, like I was looking at a hot chick or something, but the way he went through it, I'm like, how do you do that? But he was making passes work, and that's why him and Trevor were, you know, one and two, you know, fighting for the the win, is because they the way they made it work or made it get through things, and I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm like I said I'm looking forward to the next one and see what that one brings, and then be able to give my input again on that. Yeah, totally. You know, because it's not like I know you know a lot of things. I mean, does the like the Heron Hound guys or the the Desert guys might be able to give different input than me but like i said being a gp slash track guy i feel like i can get a little different input than say those guys could just from my background yeah but all around the way it was ran the way everybody did stuff i thought it was i thought it was a good time i was definitely beat afterwards after doing because i think what we had to do eight yeah, so it, um, <laughs> you you thought you had plenty of time to do it within your you know your hours that you had but I think me and Axel came down to like the last maybe 20 minutes before the time was up and we were finishing our last test because we were just like, oh, we're going to go back and relax for a little bit because, you know, when you trail ride through that stuff, it's not that hard. But when you try to go race and go fast through it, it's actually a workout. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and you hit stuff and if you don't have your bike set up for it, like I said, if you're going into a race, you don't know what you're coming into. Like I definitely did, but luckily I had a good group behind me that could tell me a couple things to change up to make it better. But man, if you just go into it and you don't have the right setup for something or the bike built for it, skid plate, you know, um, <clears throat> guard for your disc and all kinds of different things, you know, you're going to beat your bike up. Oh, yeah. and, and I think you had it the opposite of what Nick had it. Cause I think you bought your bike on Friday, right? I did. Yeah, I, but you showed up stock <laughs> suspension, skid plate on oh, it. I think, I think all, all I did was put mooses in my bike because that's all I had. Right. So all I had was a skid plate and mooses, and I broke the bike in Saturday in the rain because it <laughs> rained the day before. So I broke it in and then showed up to race on. I called you because I was worried about the whole spark arrest. Yeah, thing. yeah. Like, I just bought this bike. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And I honestly, like, I just... Uh, so we can't say anything anymore. Yeah. Well, how was it for uh, you? No, so like Justin said, like you, you go into it open-minded. You know, Brian, I, we've talked about the Sprint Enduro since, you know, it was coming up. So we've always, I, I don't know, we've talked, I was excited for it. It's something new. I've grown up racing districts. So having something new in district was like, oh my gosh, finally, like something new, something that we, that's going to, we can try something out. And I was genuinely, again, surprised. Uh, the course was oh man it's it suited what i like to do i just wish i had more time to or just have a bike that i knew going into it because that stuff suited exactly you know why augie he did amazing 
Yeah. Well, that's because that's, that's, that's what a national hare and hound is, is what we wrote. It, it pretty much yeah. was, yeah. If you yeah. think about it, it's a technic, that was a technical <laughs> loop. And when I saw you the first time and I said, we have to do eight of these, I mean, eight, I was like, ah, oh, I don't know about that. But uh, it separated the it separated the top 10, I think, huge when we had to do eight tests. It really did. Um, there's some really fast kids that are coming up. And I think it just went to show when it got into those last three or four tests, they had to back it down a little bit because... It's, I mean, it's technical. You have to relax. You, you know, I think us being the older guys, we had the experience. We saw that we had to do eight, and it was like, okay, I got to see where I can push really hard and then save that energy because it's going to come down not to just being the quickest today. It's going to be coming down to making less mistakes, you know, getting to A and B without fighting, any, you know, the bike and all this stuff. It all plays into a factor when you're tired. So, um. I thought it was an amazing event. You know, I raced the Sprint Hero the weekend before, and that's more, that is more high intensity because you were going, you were going way faster than you were going at this one. And, but I don't think that event shows like skill. I think it does show skill. Let me rephrase that. More or less like this was a technical technical course versus that is a wide open course and sure anybody can go fast but uh here it showed the technical abilities of the racers and i i think i think when you have two events that are different like those two were yeah which, which i think is great because that's what we need we need variety yeah i think that's yes. what everybody wants right exactly but yes. i think I think when you go from Glen Helen, because I, I didn't go this year, went last year, but I, I saw the videos, and yeah, it was faster. They had, they definitely had technical sections. Totally. They used some of the stuff that we used for Last Dog Standing and stuff like that, but then you go to 29 Palms, and it's pretty much a rock garden, and you know, tighter, and it's a lot slower. It really separates, like you said, that separated the top 10 guys. It separates the the level of you know, rider from those two and it gives you a chance yes. to improve your skills yes. at one to the other to to make sure. Exactly. You know? And that, that's actually a good point because now I know for Sprint Hero, I have to go in and work on like my moto skills for sure. And then working on keeping, you know, more flat corners and carrying more speed where I could show up to District 37 already knowing, okay, I grew up racing what I'm we're going where we're going i know what's coming now so uh you know it's i think it was awesome i like he also said i think we need more tests for sure spread it out a little bit for us to go ride some faster stuff maybe or maybe not like an easier loop but more high less technical yeah less technical and i don't know i think that i think that's all that really needs to be done I know Sunday night after that race, we were already exchanging emails on things that we thought that we needed to do to improve, you know, for the next race. You know, I think, you know, we were, we had a good platform to start with, you know, and, and so now we know what to do to, to make it a little better. You know, for me on that race, one of the things I dig about that format, you know, I went out there and, and I went out there with, in my head that I'm going to go out there and win that race. <laughs> I don't think anybody goes to a race without thinking that they're going to go win the race. You know, so probably I'm no different than anybody else, but I went out there, you know, riding a new bike and I rode the one lap and it was, it, I was just, I'm, I'm awful. It's terrible. 
I rode the race. I came home. I told told Lisa that's that's it. The bike's junk. I'm selling it. <laughs> and then you know results came out, and I was like super disappointed with where I finished. But then you start looking at the times of of what of what you did with each lap, and and how far off I was from the guy that won, you know, lap by lap. And you start with the course being kind of a shorter course. You start replaying the entire course in your head, like okay, I was. I was slow here and I was slow there. And and so then you start, I went from wanting to sell the bike and not wanting to race another one of them, one of them <laughs> to thinking, okay, I know where I can get better and where I can pick up that time. And I really wasn't that far <laughs> off the guy. So, so, Hey, I could really go out and win the next one if I just improve on this, that, and the other thing. So yeah. it's right there when you start looking at the times, knowing what it is that you, where you were fast or where you were slow. 